Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What's going on, Broncos country? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. And, well, did you really expect anything too different? I mean, I've had the Broncos winning. I had them beating the Chiefs. I had the miracle homecoming of Drew Locke. I had all those things set up, but of course it didn't happen. It turned out to be a nasty game as the Denver Broncos fell to an overall record of 5-9, and nine, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 23-3 yesterday in Arrowhead. And this officially marks another losing season. Third straight losing season since 1972. We've got to sift through some of these ashes of the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos game. we got to look ahead a little bit to what we can expect from the Detroit Lions coming to Denver and the Oakland Raiders coming to Denver. But the bottom line as I start to dissect and look at this game, Kansas City's beaten Denver nine games in a row. The Kansas City Chiefs have absolutely owned the Denver Broncos since the Super Bowl. Since Super Bowl 50, and the Broncos are currently 25 and 37 <laughs> against every team they faced following Super Bowl 50. You're 25 and 37 since winning Super Bowl 50 when the Denver Broncos, once upon a time, they actually controlled this division. They were the top dog on the AFC West. But sure enough, Pat Mahomes leads the Chiefs to his fifth victory against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have not beat Patrick Mahomes. They have not beaten him. He's 5-0 and 
against the Broncos, and the Chiefs just continue to have the Denver Broncos number. Now, it just seems like as you go through this season, as you go through some history in the last three years of losing and bad football, in the last four and a half years, it's been Kansas City on top. They've dominated the AFC West division just the exact same way the New England Patriots tend to dominate the AFC East. Now, I know the Buffalo Bills had an impressive win against the Pittsburgh Steelers last night on Sunday Night Football. Josh Allen, quarterback, University of Wyoming, great story. you got Frank Gore up there. You've got Mika Hutt. You've got great players with the Buffalo Bills. So I know that they're challenging the Patriots, but come on, it's Tom freaking Brady. You know he's going to be in the Super Bowl. You know he may even win another Super Bowl at the ripe age of, I think he's in his mid-40s right now. So um, you just look at this Kansas City team, and I guess my only draw in comparing, them, in comparing them to the New England Patriots is that they just dominate this division, this AFC West division. And as Jeff Legwald from ESPN stated, it just seems like the gap is widening even more between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. Now, as you start to look at it, the very first thing, the major storyline, and our new quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, officially returned home. Uh, He played high school football, I think it was less than 15 or 20 miles from Arrowhead. He's played in Arrowhead. He's uh, been a fan in Arrowhead. Um, He's familiar. He's familiar with with his hometown and all the expectations that come with playing in that stadium, but... Drew Locke had a tough game. Poor game. It's really hard to judge players and grade and evaluate players when it's his second road start ever, third career game ever, and you've got some of the nastiest weather conditions. I mean, it looked dreadful. I love the snow. I think football should be played outdoors all the time. Uh, That being said... It looked nasty out there in Arrowhead. It didn't even look fun to be watching the game. I was cold just watching it on TV, let alone seeing those Chiefs fans covered in snow, watching the Broncos just get their butts kicked. And you look at Drew Locke and you look at the stats, 18 for 40, 208 yards. He threw one interception um, and he got two sacks. He was sacked twice. Now... I like to break it down when I'm watching film and and look at the first half versus the second half, especially for Drew Locke, because a lot of his statistics were padded and they came in garbage time. And that's just that's just the fact of it. When you're down, I mean, it's 23 to three. That was the final score. The Broncos were chasing the Chiefs the entire game. And you continue to see a Denver Broncos team struggle against Kansas City and a Kansas City defense that isn't necessarily on fire, but when you look at the whole course of the season, the Denver Broncos are responsible for getting this Kansas City defense right. It was, you know, that Sunday or Monday night game, you know, four or five weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs where Pat Mahomes got hurt. Well, the Broncos definitely let the Kansas City Chiefs defense get all over them. And, they made this defense look a lot better than it is. Um, Drew Locke, when you go through his first half numbers, he was 8 for 15, 91 yards. So a very mediocre first half for Drew Locke, especially against Houston. He's out there throwing three touchdowns. He's 
out of control, coming out on fire. But in the second half, he picked it up a little bit, 10 for 25, 117 yards and an interception. But as I said earlier, and Brandon Stokely, former wide receiver for the Denver Broncos and current host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan, had sent out a tweet before the game, and I really liked it because he had basically stated that, you know, no matter what we see today, it's going to be hard to evaluate Drew Locke. And it's hard to gauge overreactions and underreactions on Drew Locke because he's a rookie quarterback that played in his third game in nasty, nasty conditions. The Chiefs are considered Super Bowl contenders. Uh, this was a road game, and this was his, you know, second career road start. So what what did we expect, really? When you look at this game, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Drew Locke, the interception he threw, in my mind, is unacceptable. There's no need for that. Uh, I was very disappointed to see that interception. And one of the biggest reasons why is because he threw an interception on first and 10. The Denver Broncos offense got in the red zone. They're, you know, on the Kansas City 11, and it's a bootleg to the left. Something that's never been Drew Locke's strong point ever since training camp. You could see that Drew Locke struggles to move left and throwing back across his body. And that was so evident in training camp and practices this summer and, and things like that. But here we go. First and 10 from Kansas City 11. It was a bootleg left where Fant was ultimately targeted by Drew Locke. Now, Drew Locke tossed it in the corner of the end zone right corner of the end zone into a double coverage and that was an interception by Juan Thornhill now initially it doesn't look like double coverage but you see that linebacker flowing right back to Noah Fant and that's just an unacceptable turnover Drew talked about it a little bit in the post game conference saying that's something that he knows is unacceptable that's something where he tried to force things in there and um, you know he alluded to the fact that while you don't want to necessarily be throwing interceptions on, on third down either, um, they're both bad, but throwing one on first down in the red zone, that's just unacceptable. And that's a bonehead move. Uh, it's a rookie move, if I'm going to be honest, because in college, you could probably get away with that. In the NFL, you're not getting away with those things, no matter how good your arm is. And that's why many uh, in the media, many people that I respect and have relationships compare Drew Locke to Jay Cutler. They say he's a Jay Cutler that cares. And living and dying by that sword, Jay Cutler had a rocket of an arm, great talent, but he would still try to force things in there because of that athletic arrogance that can, for better or worse, um, you know, get you in trouble or win you the game. That's just it. So I was really disappointed to see that interception. Uh, you look at that footwork, and that footwork is not going to be improved when you're playing in the snow and in the mud of Kansas City in Arrowhead. So hard to really judge and grade his footwork there. Um, I'm certainly not going to tell you it was good. The footwork has been poor ever since training camp, and while we have seen slight improvements, I'm not going to definitively say after watching the film that – Drew Locke's footwork was better or worse. It was a quarterback trying to drop back, not get sacked, and not fall down. 
because it was snowy and icy and you've got the Kansas City Chiefs road crew out there, field crew, trying to shovel off the field uh, every chance they get. I can't give you an accurate grade on Drew Locke's feet. Um, I thought that ultimately his demeanor, I liked his demeanor. Um, you still see a confident quarterback, but especially post-game, uh, you saw a quarterback for me that, you know, he loves the media and he loves the camera on him and everything like that, but you can tell that he was bothered and he was frustrated and that he took a lot of ownership in this loss. Now, he didn't crush him. He wasn't crying like Paxton Lynch on the sideline against the Raiders. You know, he wasn't just Peter Parker, Trevor Simeon up on the stand giving you cliche answers. Um, you know, he was basically telling you that, look, this is what happened. It sucks. I'm ready to move on and I can't be, I can't do this anymore. I can, you know, and I, I really respected that. And I liked that. Um, I think it shows good moxie by a young quarterback when he recognizes his struggles. And um, as a leader, that's what you got to do. I don't think that the offensive line necessarily did Drew Locke any favors, especially when you look at Juwan James, who continues to not play for the Denver Broncos, uh, supposedly met with John Elway and Vic Fangio before the Kansas City game on Friday. And talked a little bit about that injury. Don't know what was said, but bottom line is, Jawan James continues not to play, being the highest paid right tackle in the NFL that has yet to play a whole game for the Denver Broncos. That has got to be a very frustrating thing for not only the organization, but for Broncos country as well. And that means Elijah Wilkinson came in as the right tackle, which he has done for most of the year. And then you also had Austin Schlotman, I believe, at right guard for the injured Ron Leary. Uh, saw Garrett Bowles out there playing okay, I guess. Still continues to struggle. Dalton Reisner had a tough game. It's a very tough game for an offensive line when you're behind and you have to consistently pass the ball and you're on skates out there. It's You're, you're dropping backwards while the defense is coming forwards. And... That ultimately led to Drew Locke's two sacks. Um, It's tough. You know, in those conditions, ideally it's awesome to say, let's just run the ball. Let's run the ball. Let's run the ball. Well, you look at Kansas City, and they didn't necessarily run the ball, but they were able to utilize the conditions, especially with Travis Kelsey. Now, the Denver Broncos still don't have a Kelsey killer. They don't have a tight end um, answer. They don't have an answer for this tight end, Travis Kelsey. I was thinking, you know, in ideal conditions, maybe you throw Kareem Jackson on him. But in in the snow, uh, defensive backs, I feel for them just as much as I do as the offensive line. Uh, they're running backwards and running backwards on the snow. It's really, really tough to figure out how you're going to have success there. But the biggest key right now is to not overreact to Drew Locke and his performance, uh, the Denver Broncos as a whole, they struggled. And it's something that they've struggled for the last nine games in a row now against the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at first downs, Kansas City gained 27 total first downs to Denver's 15. Also looking at total plays, Kansas City ran 62 as Denver ran 57. Total yards, Kansas City, they took that cake. And it shouldn't surprise anybody 
that they put up 419 total yards versus Denver's 251. Again, a lot of these stats, they're a little bit padded. They're a little bit false, um, especially when they come in garbage time for the Broncos. But for me, an alarming stat when you look at yards per play, Denver's at 4.4 and Kansas City is at 6.8. Not quite half, but it just goes to show you that the Kansas City offense, they're exactly who they are solicited to be. And they spread things out. They have a quarterback that is uh, hes a great quarterback. He's someone that you build a franchise around, Patrick Mahomes. Now, uh, Lamar Jackson is getting the run this year. Patrick Mahomes got the run last year. And with this uh, recent season having some injuries for Patrick Mahomes, um, the Chiefs still remain very dominant as they continue to just smash the AFC West. And you look at the Broncos, their offensive line struggled, their defensive line struggled. I mean, you've only got two defensive linemen really out there, and Mike Purcell and Kyle Pecco, because Derek Wolf's hurt, Adam Gottes not active, Demarcus Walker, uh, you know, you got Jones out. It's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And depth has been something that the Denver Broncos have continued to struggle with for years. And until the Denver Broncos can start hitting more in the draft and getting more talent, it's gonna it's gonna be tough against the Chiefs. I mean, right now the Denver Broncos have got to figure out a way to become competitive with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not gonna come in there and just try to roll with them. You need to get in there and 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 hang with them. <laughs> you got to show that you can weather the storm and that you're willing to go the distance. Because right now, the Denver Broncos, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, they must see the Broncos on their schedule and go win, 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 because they've done it for nine times. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Nine times. And it's tough. It's tough looking at that as a Broncos fan and uh, analyzing that as, you know, someone who covers the Broncos and loves the Broncos. And, you know, I don't like the Chiefs any more than you do. But what do you expect? Realistically, this is not a shocker for Broncos country. I don't think anyone's waking up on this Monday morning saying, oh my goodness, can you believe that the Chiefs kicked the Broncos' butt? And you can't you can't honestly tell me you think that. And if you do, then I think you were probably drinking the Drew Locke Kool-Aid just a little too much. Um, 
Time of possession, of course, Kansas City continued to dominate that, holding the ball for 33 minutes as opposed to 26 for Denver. You look at the total rushing yards, Denver barely got 52 yards as a team rushing. Now, Kansas City almost broke that century mark of 100 yards, but they got 92 on the ground. Um, the bottom line is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they were able to exploit the Broncos the same way they always do, regardless of the weather. We didn't see anything from the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday that we normally don't see. And we saw a lot of Tyree Kill. We saw a lot of Travis Kelsey. We saw a lot of Dink and Dunks. We saw Patrick Mahomes getting creative. I mean, you see these things from the Chiefs, and they're they're impressive, but they're not surprising. You know that the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to run a spread system. You know that they're going to be passing the ball. You know that they don't want to run the ball, even in the snow. And I just think that when you look at this as a whole, um, this is a game where this team takes their licks. And that's just the way it is. You're taking your licks with your rookie offensive left guard and Dalton Reisner. You're taking your licks with Drew Locke in this game. You're taking your licks with Cortland Sutton. And, you know, Cortland Sutton is just a beast. He was targeted 10 times. He did nab the ball for four receptions and 79 yards. But uh, this is just one of those games that you got to put behind you. And while Von Miller, the Von Miller press conference after the Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday was bizarre. I think that's the only way I can describe it. I've watched it five or six times now. I've been listening to it on the radio all day. And I don't know what to make of it. I mean, Von's telling you that you know, being 30 years old and being hurt out there and coming up short, he doesn't know what to do. He feels like the Broncos and him have exhausted all efforts in trying to turn this thing around. They've changed coaches, they've changed players, they've changed schemes, and they just can't seem to figure this out. The whole thing was bizarre to me because while those things remain true, when you've got the leader of your team and the most popular player in that locker room coming out and bearing his heart to the media and Von Miller wasn't asked a bunch of questions before he started on his rant he got up to the to the microphone and just poured his heart out and when you've got Von Miller saying that you know it defeats his soul uh, these defeats they 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 disappoint him and you know they crush his soul and things like that that's just very alarming for me because I don't know where he's headed with that I know he's sick of losing to the Chiefs Super Bowl MVP, I know he's sick of hearing about all the great success they have found in a new quarterback and with their coaching staff and Andy Reid. I know he's sick of hearing all those things, but it was absolutely bizarre to hear Von Miller coming out yesterday and and just basically sounding like there's no hope for the rest of this season. Because the bottom line is the Broncos still have two games. They have two games with a lot left to prove, and both of them are at home. Now, in Drew Locke's first start against the Los Angeles Chargers, there were the 19,000 no-shows at Empower Field at Mile High. I want to know how many of those no-shows are going to remain no-shows and how many people are going to be showing up for the game on Sunday. Because the Broncos have a chance against the Lions and the Raiders to carry some momentum with them into the offseason. Carry some momentum with them into the NFL draft. Identify what you need. Identify what you can build off of. 
Because as I look at this offense right now and the way that it's currently constructed, I think you can build an offense around three, maybe four players. And you know you can build an offense around Cortland Sutton. He's your number one wide receiver. He's arguably the best player as a whole in his entirety. I mean, the guy's amazing. He, you can argue he's the best Bronco on this roster today. I think that you can build around left guard, offensive rookie Dalton Reisner. He has surpassed all expectations starting for um, all these games in the 2019 campaign as a rookie and doing well, doing very well, taking a leadership role. I've already been on record saying Drew Locke is the best quarterback since Peyton Manning, and I think he possesses the tools that can make him a franchise quarterback. So I think you can build around him. And if you want, I think you can throw Noah Fant in there. Fant's really come on late uh, at the end of the year, which is odd, but I like it. Um, Still, there's some hesitation there for me because I just want to know, I want to see that fire out of him consistently. Because he's been, he's had a great season. He leads the NFL as a tight end for for rookie. So, um, Noah Fant, can you build a team around him? Maybe not, but he's a nice piece to have. Uh, he's not your Travis Kelsey, but he's a piece that you don't have to go out in the draft and say, I need to get another tight end. No, you've got Noah Fant. Now you can go get one in the later rounds. That's fine. But you do not need to send a premier pick. You don't need to spend a premier pick. And when I say premier pick, I consider rounds one through three the premier picks. So you don't need to spend that premier pick on a tight end. Uh, Wide receiver, maybe. What if LaVisca Chenault from the University of Colorado is sitting there and the Broncos are on the clock? Do they take LaVisca Chenault? Uh, For me, the biggest thing... The offensive line, offensive line, defensive line, we have got to get tougher and we've got to get younger and we've got to get better in the trenches. That's the bottom line. I think the Broncos ultimately found out the value of having an offensive lineman drafted in the premier rounds of the draft, second round Dalton Reisner. I mean, the Broncos had to trade back up to go get Drew Locke. They had to take Dalton Reisner before they took Drew Locke because they knew Dalton Reisner was not going to be there for very long. And I just hope that under Mike Munchak's coaching over there at UC Health Training Center, um, that he's able to rub off a little on Fangio and John Elway to go get some offensive linemen. I'm very curious to see how they grade their offensive linemen. I will be down in Tampa uh, for the East-West Shrine game with a few other uh, local media members, scouting players for that. I'm really excited to see what prospects we have. I know LaVisca Chenault will be down there as well as Steven Montez from the University of Colorado. Um, there should be also there should also be some pretty decent offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And when I say pretty decent, I mean big cats out there that like to get physical, that are going to get nasty, and that are going to prove themselves to be NFL players. I can't wait to get down there and can't wait to just check it out. I've never been. Um, Really excited to scout and evaluate some players there. But as it as the the you look at the game, as you look at the Kansas City Chiefs game in its entirety, as you start to talk with your friends, man, that Chiefs game, that really sucked, huh? 
there's going to be that conversation. There's going to be that guy. There's going to be that gal that's going to say, I told you so. Drew Locke's a bad quarterback. I told you so. He wasn't the answer. I told you so. His footwork's bad. I told you so. No, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. He had a bad game. I want to see what he looks like coming back from a loss. We haven't seen that yet. This is a small game sample size. I mean, we're on three games going on four. Five game sample size, that is more than enough to know what you've got in this guy. I think you've already got a prospect. I think that you should start building this franchise around Drew immediately. But a pretty embarrassing statistic when you start to look at it. The Broncos haven't scored 250 points in the 2019 season. There have been two games this year that the Denver Broncos haven't scored any touchdowns. That's zero touchdowns. They have not gotten in the end zone twice. And when you look at the Denver Broncos and this offense that struggled so much, uh, I know Rich Gangarello has taken a ton of heat, and deservedly so, in my opinion. But you know what? He's not playing either. Rich Gangarello is not blocking in the left tackle position. Rich Gangarello, and you know what? I know Philip Lindsay, he's a nice story. He's a playmaker. He's not a bell cow running back. So for everybody saying, oh, you need to run the ball with Philip Lindsay more. The Denver Broncos could not run the football at all yesterday. And that was very evident. But when I look at this, it's a lack of talent. It's a lack of depth also. I can't put this loss on Rich Gangarello. Absolutely not. I thought he handled himself okay. I thought he called a decent game. Um, but this game as a whole, it just it wasn't meant to be. I was hoping for the upset. I got caught up a little bit. That mile-high magic I'm always talking about. And I ultimately picked the Broncos, but I'm not surprised. Now, the Broncos haven't scored 250 points all season. That puts them in the bottom of the barrel for really bad company. And the only other teams that have not scored... 250 points in the AFC, you're sitting there with the Jets, you're sitting there with the Dolphins, you're sitting there with the Bengals, and then you flip to the NFC. Only one team in the NFC has not scored 250 points, and that's the Redskins. And that is disastrous company to be around. Anytime you talk to someone in Broncos country and you tell them that the team is hanging around with the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Skins... In a statistical category, that's going to turn their stomach. And it's not going to make them happy. Because those teams are garbage. And I'm not going to call the Denver Broncos garbage. But I'm going to call the Denver Broncos a losing football team. Because that's exactly what they have been for what's coming on three years now. Not since 1972 have the Denver Broncos had a three consecutive losing seasons. They're officially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. For those of you that were holding out hope that the Broncos could get in there. Um, but it's their minus 45 point differential. They're, uh, you know, they've scored 65 points in three games with Drew Locke at quarterback. Really exciting. And then they blow it against the Chiefs. It's hard to overreact. It's hard to underreact. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a Super Bowl contending team. Do I think they can be beaten? Absolutely. I think the Broncos could have beat that team yesterday. I don't think they have enough talent, but I think they could have beat that team yesterday. You bet on any given Sunday in the NFL, you're going to win or you're going to lose. And the Denver Broncos, they didn't execute enough. 
and that's just it. Now, you've got Von Miller out there saying that he's miserable right now and he can't figure it out, but he's not exactly wrecking the game either, folks. So, uh, in that bizarre sort of post-game press conference with Vaughn, I really don't know what to make. Um, I hope Vaughn's a Bronco for his entire career. I'm certainly not reading into Vaughn wants out of Denver or Vaughn's unhappy being a Bronco. He has said, I want to retire a Bronco. I want to be a Bronco for life. But it's just curious that he voices his frustrations after this Kansas City Chief game with two games left to go. I don't know where that puts the team. I don't know what happens from here. I know that Broncos country is expecting to see a young quarterback and their star pass rusher out there for the next two weeks. Will the Denver Broncos deliver? Time will tell. And as Gary Kubiak once said, we are fixing to find out. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. Please be sure to go to Spotify and iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Give us a review. Um, check out all our digital content, milehighreport.com. You can peep me at Twitter, at Luke Patterson LP. would love to hear from you guys. Really appreciate everything. This is Luke from Broncos on the Rocks, and always believe in that Mile High Magic.